Welcome to Stay at Home Girlfriends. Before we start the episode, here's a quick reminder to check out our socials. You can find us on Instagram at Stay at Home Girlfriends Pod, TikTok at Stay at Home Girlfriends, and Tumblr at Stay at Home Girlfriends.tumblr.com. And don't forget, if you want advice from us and to be featured on the show, here are the ways you can send us a question. We have a Google form, which you can find linked in the Stay at Home Girlfriends bios. You can write us a message on Tumblr, and by the way, both of those options are completely anonymous, or you can DM us on Instagram. And remember, the more detailed the question is, the better advice we can get. If you want to support the show, join the Secret Society over on Patreon for fun exclusive content. And here's a quick reminder that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While we are going to try and give you the best advice possible, we always recommend taking your issue to a trusted friend or family member. Or a certified professional in whatever field your concern is in. And remember, never take advice from someone who's falling apart. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Stay at Home Girlfriends. I'm Gabriella, and I'm joined with my gorgeous girlfriend, Cam. Hi, guys. So we are actually here to announce that this is our last episode of season one. How do you feel about that, Cam? I just can't believe we've done 12 episodes, three months worth of episodes already. It has flown by. It has been a thrill. There's been ups. There's been downs. We've learned a lot. I feel like I've grown as a podcaster along the way. You've always been fabulous, but I've learned a lot about myself and about podcasting and it's been fun, but we do have something else to announce. We are going to be coming back with season two, obviously, but it's going to be going in a different direction. Yeah. So I love doing the advice. And if you guys still want the advice, I still have all the questions. I will start another podcast or perhaps there's a free section of our Patreon. I may start doing advice on the free section of our Patreon. If you guys have interest in that, please let me know, like DM me on Instagram at the Cameron Gray, um, or just like, let us know somehow comments on YouTube. If there is desire for me to continue the advice, I would love to keep doing it. And I might just do it anyway, even if you guys don't want it, I might do it for me, but Gabby, the advice giving, it doesn't feel as like true to you. It's not the content that feels like very authentic to you to make. Would you say that? I think when it comes to the advice, first of all, yes, it doesn't, it doesn't come as naturally to me as it does with Cam. Cam's very good at giving loads of different solutions and it comes super naturally to her to do that. But for me, I have to put so much thought into it to really think about what the right answer should be. And I just find it a lot more difficult but I love podcasting in general. I absolutely love it. And I found that I am truly really enjoying our Patreon content. It comes a lot more naturally to me than the advice stuff does. And we actually recently recorded an episode on Dramageddon, which is this whole YouTube scandal with James Charles, Tati Westbrook, Shane Dawson. But I bloody loved recording that. I had so much fun. And we just thought this is more so the direction that I should be going in or that we should be going in. Yeah. So the advice podcast was my idea. Of course, we knew almost the second when we met, you asked me, like, do you think we'll ever work on something together? And I was like, yeah, if you want to, of course, I'd love to. And so we threw around different ideas. I gave advice on my Patreon for my What I Will Say podcast, and Gabby joined me a few times to do it. And it was fun and it felt good. And we thought, well, we're enjoying doing this. Maybe we can make a podcast out of it. And I will say, like, we are very proud of the product we put out here. And the response from you guys has, you know, been overall positive. And it's not so much that there's anything wrong with the podcast. It's more just that 
the advice was my idea and Gabby thought, sure, I'll give it a go. And she's given it a go. And it, do- it doesn't feel that authentic to her. And so there's no good in doing content that you don't have like a spark for and a passion for. And I have this passion for the advice and Gabby, like you enjoy it, but it just doesn't feel like you. And of course you don't want to make a whole podcast around something that you don't have that spark for. That's like, actually, if anyone wants to start podcasting, the trick to podcasting is like, find something you're obsessed with that you want to have a conversation about every single week or every other week. That's what the podcast should be about. And Gabby just doesn't have that spark with the advice. Yeah. Well, I did a couple of episodes, like you said, on what I will say. And I think because it was behind a paywall on your podcast where people didn't really know who I was, it just felt like a lot less pressure. But there's something about having my name publicly attached to an advice podcast that feels like so much pressure to me. I feel like I need to make the exact right decision when I'm giving advice or it's going to be catastrophic. It just feels so much pressure. And so yeah, the advice just isn't really resonating with me as much as I hoped it would. So we are going to go in a different direction. I'm very excited about it. And hopefully you guys will be too, but we will definitely have more information about that when season two launches. Yeah, but what you can look forward to is more of a deep dive storytelling vibe. More details to come soon, like Gabby just said. But if you've listened to our Patreon, particularly like this episode we just released about Dramageddon 2.0, we're not 100% like the exact direction we're going to go, but we both really enjoyed that. And Gabby has this history of being an influencer and her whole life and job being on the internet. And I have this history of being a deep dive podcaster and doing all this research and telling interesting stories. That's what I do on my other podcast, or at least I try to. So we just think, yeah, there's something there. There's a spark there that is maybe not there with the advice for Gabby. So we gave it the old college try. We always agreed. I think even after the first episode or two, you had already started to feel like, listen, we're doing great, but this isn't me. Mm. And I always said, we'll do something else. Like, let's just make sure we're giving this the good old college try. And if it keeps sort of not striking a chord with you, we'll try something else. Because guess what? Like stay-at-home girlfriends is so much more than a podcast. Stay-at-home girlfriends is like, that's Cam and Gabby getting together doing fun stuff, talking about stuff we're passionate about, making vlogs for TikTok or sharing our experience with each other on Patreon. Speaking of things coming up on Patreon, by the way, shameless plug, but this week we are going to play a game where Gabby has to answer 15 ultra personal questions and I know all the answers to them, so she cannot lie. And if she lies, I'm going to tell the listeners she's lying. So we're going to call that the hot seat. We're going to call that the hot seat. And, uh, we're going to play at the hot seat once in a while. Maybe we'll let you guys come up with hot seat questions. But um, Oh my God, that would be so fun. Yeah, so, it, you know, we've done 12 episodes, three months worth of episodes, and it's just not striking that chord. Gabby hoped it would. It is for me. If you guys still want the advice, I will bring you the advice. And just to get get excited, you basically are going to get a whole new podcast out of this because I'll keep the advice going if you guys want it. And we're going to go in this other direction with some storytelling, the dramas of the internet, uh, deep dives, analysis on iconic moments in internet culture. We're going to, we're going to fine tune that, but that's the angle that we're looking at. So yeah, everybody get excited. End of season one, we're going to take a couple weeks off. And when we're back, of course, we'll be blowing you guys up on socials. Just keep your eyes peeled. Stay tuned. 
And I think you guys are going to love all the new content we have coming your way. I do as well. I'm hopeful that you guys will love it and really resonate to it. And I think I'm coming to it with a bit of a niche experience because I personally have been on the internet. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of background in the situations that we're going to be covering. And I'm just really excited. I already have a list of like 40 different topics. I don't know. Should I tease any of them or should we just get to the advice? Let's just get to the advice. We are <sighs> going to be back with season two and we will do a full explanation and debrief of what the podcast is going to turn into. Hopefully you guys will stick around, but yeah, be sure to follow us on socials in the meantime. And if you're going to miss us too much, don't worry. We'll be coming out with weekly or even more than weekly content on Patreon over these next couple of weeks. So the Patreon content is going to come. I think we've got a vlog in the works and yes. we are going to do Gabby in the hot seat, 15 questions, 15 ultra personal questions that she cannot lie about. And guys, I know the answers to all these questions. She has already agreed. If she lies, I just get to say during the episode, you're lying. To be fair, I don't lie that often, so. No, but there's some things you don't address that I'm going to make you address. Ugh. Oh my God. Okay, well, that juicy content is going to be over there. But I say, let's jump into the last episode of the Stay at Home Girlfriends advice with us. So the first question says, hey guys, I have quite the dilemma and really hope you can help. I'm in a woman loving woman relationship and my girlfriend and I have been together for two and a half years. We live together and work together in the same restaurant. For the most part, we get along really well. We never argue and make a good team. My issue is that ever since about the six month mark in our relationship, our sex life has just died down to the point that sometimes it's months between intimate times. This really bothers me as I am very big on physical touch and intimacy in a relationship. And I feel very disconnected from her when it's so infrequent. I'm scared to talk to her about a lot of this as there's a few differences in our relationship, which I worry is the cause. The first being that there is a 19 year age gap between us. I'm 21 and she turned 40 in July. This has never been something that bothers me, but I know it bothers her in ways. I've even heard her say before, she sometimes thinks she's a creep, which makes me feel sad for both of us. She also put on some weight over COVID that she's been struggling to shift, which makes her feel self-conscious. I tried to reassure her that it doesn't bother me at all. Body shapes change all the time and she's still very attractive to me. Another issue is that in our entire relationship, she's never let me do anything intimate towards her. She's always the giver, which makes me feel bad a lot of the times we do have sex as I don't want her to feel left out. She says she's always been the same, which I understand, but I do fear that's what makes her less interested in the whole act. I guess my question is, how do I broach this with her? I don't want to appear too needy, nor do I want to upset her in any way. I love her a lot. I want a future with her and I don't want to lose her, but I worry that the lack of connection I feel sometimes is going to affect our relationship in the long run and make us incompatible. Any help would be greatly appreciated. This is quite a tough one to dive into. What do you think about this, Cam? This is a tough one. First of all, not loving this age difference. Now, there's a lot of discourse with a capital D about age differences on the internet. I don't know that we need to add a ton to that discourse, but can I just say, it sounds like you started dating when she was in her late thirties and you were 18. 19? Well, they're 21 now and they dated two and a half years ago. Mm. So 18 at the most. I don't like that. I don't think people in their late 30s should be dating teenagers. I just, that's a 
kind of standard belief I have. That said, it doesn't sound like you have perceived her to be manipulative or predatory or inappropriate to you. It doesn't sound like you have perceived some of these red flags we see with age gap relationships. So, okay, I'm not here to scold anyone. Sounds like you were of legal age. So a crime was not committed. That's a plus. But let's just say it, you know, that is a really large age gap and you were pretty young. I don't know. For me, once someone turns about like 25, 26, that brain is done developing. I'm like, if you want to date someone 30 years older than you, okay. Your brain is fully developed. At least that's what like pop psychology says. You you could have finished grad school by then. If you're old enough to have finished grad school, you're old enough to just make decisions. But gosh, you were just a little baby and she was not. So let's just say that. I don't love that. And I hope you were on the lookout for signs of emotional manipulation or coercion or emotional abuse. Or I just, I hope you're on the lookout for that, right? I just have to say it. You know, I care about our listeners. I don't like the, you know, if I had a cousin or, or a little sibling or a child that was 18 and got involved with a 38 year old, 39 year, 37 year old, I would be really concerned for them. So yeah. I, feel I just like have that's to say the, the elephant in the room in that question mm-hmm. over and done with, but let's just move on to what we think our advice would be with that aside. Well, so first of all, it sounds like there's some incompatibilities happening and I'm not surprised because you have a 19 year mm-hmm. age gap. Women's sex drives go down as they age in some cases, not all cases, but you know, you're in a very different hormonal landscape than your partner is. So I just think that's going to, that's got to be part of it. But let's talk about maybe the stuff that we can address. Gabby, lesbian bed death. Has this ever happened to you? Not a hundred percent. I've been in situations where I haven't, oh, this is going to sound so mean, babe. I've been in situations where I haven't fully like been at, incredibly attracted to my partner and that has kind of slowed my want for sex down Mm -hmm. but I haven't really experienced it having sex for however long and then suddenly it just dying down like you said after the six month mark in your relationship our sex life has just died down and this does make me a bit sad for you because you are so young and I feel like right now if you are a sexual person you should be getting some amazing sex with a partner who wants to have amazing sex with you whether they want anything performed on them that doesn't matter but in my personal opinion like if you want sex in a relationship you should at least be getting that out of your relationship if it's important to you and it makes me sad that you're not I'm not sure how you could broach this to her other than just being honest yeah I think this is a as Dan Savage would say a use your words situation Mm. there's no way to get through this without talking to her I think it's important to know why you were so sexual at the start and then after six months it's died down I don't know is that something to do with her has something happened to her mental health that has made that happen or is she just not as sexual as you are and in that case I don't think you're compatible 
Yeah. So is that situation of it was just the honeymoon period mm. and meeting someone new, you know, had her revved up and now that's just died down because that new relationship energy has faded. But I feel like six months is so such little time for a honeymoon period for the most really? part. Yeah. Do you think we're still in our honeymoon period? I think that there are things that maybe stop it a little bit, i.e. roommate. It is (laughs) difficult to navigate that. I think if we were on our own most of the time or all of the time, then yeah, we would absolutely still be in our honeymoon period. I think we still are. it's all down to your surroundings as well. Because I think the second every time we get a chance. Anyway, not that you guys need to hear about. (laughs) Tune into the Patreon because there's going to be some questions addressed on the hot seat about this. Oh, God. But I think we still are. But yes, extenuating circumstances is the only thing that keeps us from being like horny teenagers for each other, I think. (laughs) Okay, couple more issues, though. So there's a lack in sex. So that's a compatibility issue. You say you're scared to talk to her. Well, my angel, my angel baby, like that's relationships. You got to be able to talk. Right. You're 21. You know, this is probably, I guess, your first serious relationship that started a couple years ago. This Mm -hmm. is a situation of you got to use your words and let her know you don't have to be mean about it. You don't have to be cruel or alarming about it, but you can tell her like, I'm not sexually satisfied in our relationship. And I would love to have a conversation with you about how to get through that. Let's talk about this other issue. She put on some weight over COVID. Okay. Relatable. Like, I feel like tons of people went through that. That's fine. Nothing wrong with putting on some weight, but it has made her self-conscious. I think the biggest thing you say, you try and reassure her, do it times 10. Just always be letting her know you look beautiful. Your body looks so good. Make sure you give her hugs throughout the house. Let her know your attraction to her has not changed one bit. I just wonder if she's the kind of person who even wants that physical touch though because that was going to be my advice as well like give her more physical touch in non-sexual ways like hugs maybe squeezing her bum every now and again just things like that but does she even want that Hmm. it sounds like she just isn't a very sexual person well and that may be the issue and that is a incompatibility and it and for many relationships it can be a terminal incompatibility Hmm. But it says that she doesn't, she sort of likes to be the top. Let's say she's always the top in the relationship. She is always the giver of pleasure. She never receives. Some people are just wired like that and that's fine. But, but the again, thing is, is that she has stopped being the top. She is no longer she's doing nothing. the giving. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I will say just because you like to be the top does not mean that you don't want those cuddles and hugs and kisses throughout the house. You know, it doesn't mean you don't want like your butt being squeezed. I would still keep doing those unless she says, don't do that. Of course, mm-hmm. if someone says, don't do that, you shouldn't do that thing. But I don't think that only wanting to be the top excludes her from. Yeah wanting those little non-sexual moments of affection. And I think those can go such a far way with letting your partner know in a reassuring way, like how attracted you are to them, despite their body or despite any other things they're going through at the time. I think that's a really great thing to do. So I would do that if she's like worried about her body and you think that's playing a role and it, it very well could be, you know, it's hard to feel sexy if you don't feel at home in your own skin. And then I don't know, you say, I don't want to appear too needy, nor do I want to upset her in any way. Well, you're in a relationship. Like we are allowed to be needy to our partners, you know? Oh, I know. (laughs) 
obviously if you're being needy 24 hours in a day then that makes it different but I don't think there's anything wrong with being a little bit needy here and there particularly to get such a main need of humans met which is sex like there's plenty of humans in the world that don't want or have interest in sex shout out to the a spectrum but you're not that it is not wrong to want sex from your partner I think the issue here is that listener I think you're doing everything right right now aside from not talking to your partner that's where you're getting your wires crossed you're not having that communication but aside from that I think you are doing everything right you are letting your partner know that you're still so attracted to her her weight doesn't matter you're giving that positive reassurance to her I think all you can do is just sit and have a chat with her about it and tell her that you missed the start of your relationship when you were having sex is there a reason why she doesn't want to have sex with you anymore or in general is there a reason for that that you can work through or are you just incompatible I think that's a huge incompatibility Hmm. yeah I absolutely agree with you there and she said here sometimes it's months between intimate times this really bothers me as I am very big on physical touch and intimacy in a relationship and I feel disconnected from her that is a that's a huge fundamental issue in your relationship you are not getting something that is very important to you. Right. So you definitely need to sit down and use your words and and talk with her about this. It's possible that her sex drive could change. There And there are also things that people, two people who are in love, one has a high sex drive, one has a low sex drive. Well, how do they combat that? One thing I've seen is like scheduling sex. So it's like, hey, Sunday's sex night and whatever you need to like make sure it's like a great, a good experience for you. And, and we're both into it and, you know, we'll work on that. We'll work on the circumstances, but, or maybe it's once every 10 days or every other week or something, you've got to compromise on that, but you can schedule sex. That's something I've seen work for people in dead bedrooms. There's a whole subreddit you might look into r slash dead bedrooms, although it's a lot of like gloom and doom and negativity. So maybe don't look at it too hard, but there are resources (laughs) there. There are people who are going through the same thing on that forum uh, reddit.com r slash dead bedrooms. I also think just open up your mind to the idea that you two are incompatible. And let me just say the way you say we work together in the same restaurant, we get along really well. We never argue and we make a good team. Obviously, yeah, you want a partner that you don't argue with much and that you do make a good team with. But like, what about this is not just a friendship? And I think this might be, it might be making it more difficult for you to acknowledge the incompatibility because you do work together as well. That is so much of your life that you are spending with this person. Do you know, I'm sensing a theme in this question that you've just pointed out to me. It's, it's unbalanced. This is an unbalanced relationship. The age difference, that's an unbalance. That's not cohesive you know what I mean that's not congruent you guys are in different Mm -hmm. places of your life that's unbalanced and I'm not even saying it makes her evil or a creep as you say she where she is or or anything it could but let's assume the best here but it is an unbalance the fact that you live together work together basically spend all your time together I would assume that's an imbalance you need space from your partner we talked about that back in probably episode one I think about Mm -hmm. how it's important to have space from your partner The fact that you never have sex, it can be months, that's an imbalance. The fact that when you do have sex, she is always the top, that's an imbalance. You guys are out of balance. And and I think you need to address that. Of course, you can't like address the age difference, but I mean, the other things, 
How can you live a more balanced life? If you think that's something that would serve you, that's just a theme I notice. Yeah, I see that as well. I mean, I'm wishing you all the luck. Please do keep us updated on this one. I am really interested to hear how your chat goes and what you decide to do after this. Yeah, at the end of the day, sit down, have a come to Jesus talk with her, as I like to say. You love that phrase. I know, I don't know why. Sit down, have that talk with her, let her know your needs aren't being met and you want to work with her on getting those needs met. And hopefully it's a really productive conversation, but but I would be open to the idea that you guys are just fundamentally incompatible. And that doesn't make either of you bad people, but it might mean you're not supposed to be together. Not saying yeah. for sure. Have the talk. Let us know how it goes. We're wishing you guys the best. I'm about to turn 28 in a few weeks. I hate aging as it scares me. I struggle with my mental health a lot and my birthday is always a tricky time for me. It's a time of reflection and existential crisis. I'm very independent. I love traveling. I do a lot of things alone, which fulfills me, but I really had a hard time during the pandemic and the fact that I'm fast approaching 30 and nowhere in life, I'm starting to have a lot of pressure from people around me about finding a partner, which doesn't help my problem with aging. I myself am ready for a partner. I was in a toxic relationship about six years ago, which took a long time to heal from, but is now fully closed and I feel ready to build something with someone. I'm an expat in London with no family and I find it very difficult to meet people organically. My friends want me to try the apps, but I'm scared to waste time even more. Any tips on dating in a big city and doing the apps right? Okay, well, you said that the fact that you're fast approaching 30 and on nowhere in life worries you. I would not absolutely not say that you're nowhere in life. You've clearly created a life for yourself in London, away from your home country, which is a huge deal in itself. You've said that you love traveling, you're very independent and doing things alone. A lot of people can't do that. That is something to be applauded. And I would not say that you are nowhere in life. So let's take that off the table. But I used to have the same issue with aging as well. It does concern me. And every birthday that comes around, ends up in me crying. I'm a birthday crier. I can't help it. I just feel like life suddenly hits me on my birthday and I'm like, shit, I'm a year older. A whole year has gone. What have I accomplished? Nothing, which is false. You accomplish things every year, no matter how big or small, but it is a scary thing. And I feel you on that. Some people do just hate birthdays. The way that I get past that (laughs) is crying. Okay, but can I just say, I don't think you cried this year. Oh, I think I did. The only reason you cried, though, is because Gigi came to town and got wasted. (laughs) Gigi is Gabby's frisky alter ego, for those of you who don't know. (laughs) And you cry when you get drunk. Babe, I would have found a way to cry anyway on my birthday. (laughs) Even when you're with me? Even when I'm with you, it just happens every year. The girlies who get it, get it though. If you are a birthday crier, you're a birthday crier. And that just is a theme throughout your life. Okay. But yeah, the question here is how do you meet someone? Although I do feel like there are multiple questions here. Your specific one that you've asked is how you can meet someone. How to do the apps right and date in a big city. But I do, I agree. I think there's more to this. The way you sort of talk about approaching 30 and nowhere in life. Well, you live in London. So I know you're somewhere in life because you can afford to live in London. Do you know what I mean? Like you live in one of the most exciting, cool cities in the world, in my opinion. And it sounds like you mentioned having friends. Okay, you have friends. You're an expat in London, which means you've left your country. That's fucking exciting. You're somewhere in life. So 
I wonder if this pressure that you're getting from your family is sort of brainwashing you into thinking life is nothing if I don't have a partner, life is nothing if I don't maybe have kids or a family or a family unit, like a partner and a couple dogs or something, if we don't buy a home together and do all the stuff that's supposed to make us happy. But we all here at the pod know that what makes you happy is not going to be what makes everybody else happy. Like that traditional... The goals that like Western media and society have set for us in life are not fulfilling to everyone. Let's just say that. Everybody in this world is on a different timeline and that is completely fine. It's clear that you want a partner. You said you're ready for a partner, but whether that happens this year or in 20 years, I don't think that matters. Everyone is on a different timeline and it's a shame that you are feeling that pressure from your friends and family too meet someone because that adds another level to how scary it can be to open yourself up to people in general it adds more pressure to that and then that therefore makes you not want to even try yeah it's my opinion on that so the first thing I would do is maybe talk to your family and just say look I would really appreciate if you stop pressuring me I do want to meet someone one day it'll happen when it happens but if you could just take that pressure off that might help a little bit but I actually don't think there's anything wrong with trying apps it doesn't make you a failure just because you meet someone on an app it doesn't make that relationship any less valid and I think that maybe apps are the way to go Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with the apps. So here's what I will say about the apps. I think be honest about what you want. So you want a relationship. You don't want to hook up. You don't want to fling. Mm -hmm. You don't want friends with benefits. If that's, you know, if that's, if your question is sort of belaying your truth here, which I assume it is, you want, you're looking for a relationship. So put that on there. Make sure and put a bunch of pictures of yourself that is really what you look like. Obviously, yeah, go for the flattering ones, go for the ones with a bit of makeup on, of course, if you wear makeup, but put your best foot forward on them, but be honest as well, I would say. And then with the apps, I think it's just a numbers game. Do you think that's accurate? Like be swiping, be chatting with people and get ready to go on a lot of dates. And it can feel so daunting. It really can absolutely with you there like I never really wanted to get on apps properly because it just felt like such a huge task to have all this small talk with so many different people just felt overwhelming but maybe there's an icebreaker that you can put in your bio some sort of question like slide in with your favorite film and why or just some sort of question that can get you chatting in a more authentic way rather than hey Mm. hey how are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah. Like, I hate that. Yeah. I hate all that small talk too. So yeah, bypass the small talk. I feel like that's a really good hack for anyone using the apps. And by the way, I chose this question, but we had several recent questions of people being like, how do I meet someone in a big city? How do I do the apps? How do I get on the dating apps? Like, so a few people asked this. So this is for all of you guys. Um, Another thing you could do though, is look up speed dating in your area. I know that there's a lot of speed dating events. Really? They're still doing that? Yeah. Someone that I know, I won't name names, but she went on a speed dating event and loved it. Just loved getting to chat for five minutes with different people and seeing who sparked, who gave a spark and who didn't. And I think it taught her maybe more of what she was looking for in a person by doing that. Then maybe have a look at speed dating. Yeah. I also feel like if you're shy, speed dating is like a really good baptism by fire. Cause it's just like, it's just five minutes. 
and and yeah. it's like everybody's there to do this like awkward thing this like okay i have to sit down and talk to somebody for five minutes and maybe we'll like each other and maybe we won't and you know maybe i'll get their number maybe i won't but everybody's there sort of putting themselves out there in the same vulnerable awkward position and so i think if you're shy for all our shy listeners i think that's actually a really good idea just throw yourself into it and if it goes horrible it's fine because all it means is just like you're gonna leave without any numbers or whatever but that doesn't you know, who cares? You didn't know those people anyway. Yeah, it's a huge accomplishment for going in the first place. So be proud of yourself for that. Well, first of all, Gabby, I want to ask, how much have you been on dating apps? Not much in a way that was intentional. Mm-hmm. Like I used to have dating apps and I would be one of those people who was watching TV at night and would just sit and scroll and say no to everyone. But I just wanted to see who was on there. I would be like no 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 just because I wasn't interested I didn't want to have the small talk I was just over it but I also still wanted to see who was out there so do you do you have oh yeah experience oh really oh I had a phase Ooh, tell me more um I just used to be on dating apps a lot why I was looking for my one true love what did you find about yourself was it scary it was not scary because I was dating women. So that's like less scary in a physical sense, but also Mm. like, yeah, I mean, it was nerve wracking and trying to talk to someone and trying to meet up with someone, but it's like, everybody's there. It's like the speed dating. It's like, everybody's there for the same reason. We all are trying to put ourselves out there and like find someone to be romantic with. And I think that apps are like really helpful for that. Like it's different than going to a bar where it's like, yes, some people are there to like find someone to hook up with or or meet or be romantic with. But a lot of people are there just there having a drink or just there with their friends blown off steam. So it's, it's the apps are helpful in that way. But I will say I'm all for like a genuine in-person meeting too that doesn't rely on an app. And what I would recommend for that is volunteer and play rec league sports. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So what if they're not sporty? Volunteer. Volunteer. <laughs> You're like, what if they're not a good person and they don't want to volunteer? <laughs> what if they'd just rather stay at home and watch Netflix? Well, then get on <laughs> the then? apps. Then get on the apps. <laughs> but if you're trying to like, maybe the apps, it just doesn't sound right to you or you've done the apps. Let's say you go out and try the apps for a few months and it's just too much small talk, a drag, which it can be. Then I would say join a rec league sports team, like co-ed volleyball or something like that, or go volunteer somewhere. So if you like animals, animal shelter. If you like politics, find a local politician to volunteer for that stuff like that. And I think that's a really good way to meet people because you already have something in common with this person because they're passionate about what they're volunteering for. Yeah, that's a good shout. I really like that. Yeah. Well, I hope it goes well anyway, whatever you decide and just know from two people Try not to be scared about the apps. Maybe just give them a go and see what happens. Yeah. Try speed dating, try volunteering. There are so many ways that you can go about it, but I do think it's important to have a word with your family and just tell them to calm down a little bit. Yeah, you're working on it. And let's just say one last time, the measure of someone's success in life is not, do they have a partner? Do they have family? Do they have kids? That's, That's not, you know, that's not the whole story. And it sounds like you have a lot going on in your life. You have friends, you live in an exciting city. I assume you do exciting things in that exciting city. There's a lot more to life to be proud of. 
Yeah. So keep that in mind. Not everybody needs to have a partner. Some people are happier solo. That's really true. So be open to being that person if that's who you really are. You say you're ready for a partner. So get on the apps. We wish you the best of luck. Question three. So I've been really into this girl lately. We've been getting along and we know some of each other's friends and stuff. And she knows I like her, but she's straight. But... She said she'd be willing to experiment, just needs some time to think because it was the first time a girl has ever confessed to her, her feelings. In the meantime of her thinking, I've been taking this time to try and get to know her more. And we've stayed on phone calls for hours just talking and we've even had matching bracelets made. I catch her looking at me sometimes or fidgeting with the brace that I made her, but I've never liked a straight girl, in brackets, who was willing to try yet says she's straight before, so please help. Oh my God. (laughs) I assume you're a baby. I assume you are truly like one of our gay little nieces that we're here to help. So congrats. Congrats on being gay. I do think it's a wonderful (laughs) thing. Congrats on having us as gay aunts because we're going to lead you through this. So first of all, I would, I don't think this girl is straight. Is that helpful to say? Like, is that, but is that even helpful to say? Like labels are only as useful as they are to you. If somebody's really attached to a label, I think they should just use it. If it feels like home to them, if it feels like it makes sense. But like, I would say maybe she's like heteroflexible at best. Like straight girls don't want to experiment with girls. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, but I guess everybody goes through different walks of life and people can sort of be curious about things that might not be a hundred percent for them. So like, okay, maybe she is straight, but like, I, she, you know, she's acting pretty gay with you, bro. Like the fucking bracelets. <laughs> she's looking at you. She's fidgeting with the bracelet. The I'm just reading this phone calls. just reading this has filled me with like gay joy and love i know i'm sat here like can i can i just take a minute to share something like profound i realized like last night go on i'm I'm gonna say this over on what i will say at some point this week too but like you know when i was growing up and even like into my 20s and just into my life i really resonated with this idea that there was something wrong with me I didn't know what it was, but even as a little kid, I was like, something's wrong with me. Something's off about me. And it it was the source of all this anxiety and depression. And I just always thought, yeah, something's wrong with me. Like there's this lyric from a song. It says, I think something dark's living down in my heart. And I used to resonate with that. Not to be like an emo fucking loser, but I used to resonate with that so much. And I don't feel like that anymore. And I think it's because... I had internalized homophobia and doing the what I will say podcast about like queer pop culture and celebrating queerness and like just being fun and goofy with it for the last three years. I actually think it's had a profound effect on me. Do you want to know something? What? I feel the exact same since I came out legit properly, properly to family and friends and obviously have you as a girlfriend. I don't feel like there is something wrong with me anymore because I really used to feel that too growing up. Yeah. And I just think queer joy is like so fucking important. We need it, you know? And I just never knew I even needed it. I was like, yeah, I'm gay. Who cares? Like, I don't care. Like my parents are accepting what's there to worry about. But it's like, when you get the message from society thousands of times a day that you're different, you're wrong, you're bad, that leaves a mark on you. And even as a little child, you can sense that this is how society feels about you. And I just... Like, I love reading questions like this and I love that we're gay and we're just sharing it. And I love that over on what I will say, like, we just celebrate queerness and celebrate the idea that people are gay. And I don't know. I just, I'm really thankful. 
I, I have digressed into this whole rant, but can I just say, <laughs> I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for both these podcasts and the way we celebrate queer joy over here. So I'm just celebrating for you that, you know, these two young little gay mos have found each other and are in love. You've never liked a straight girl before. So please help. But what do you need help with? What's the issue here? I think the issue is that the girl is saying she's straight, but is willing to experiment and is thinking about that. So maybe she is fighting the internalized homophobia within herself. That might be a thing that's going on here. I think sometimes it can take queer people a long time to come to terms with who they are but the fact that she said she's willing to experiment you have matching bracelets you talk on the phone for hours she's looking at you you're catching it to me that doesn't scream straight girl you know what I think you should do well first of all I think you should steal your heart you know, I think you should gird your loins because she's, you guys are gay babies. If I did watch them both be 30 and I'm, I'm sorry, you, you sound like younger. You sound like on the younger end of the spectrum. I'm sorry if you're not, <laughs> I can see feelings getting hurt here. If she's yeah. not secure in her sexuality, this may not go great. And guess what? That is part of it. That is part of life. That is part of growing up. That is part of straight people's lives as well. You know, if you think you have feelings for someone and then you don't, that can get the straighties into trouble as well. But that's definitely a part of the queer experience. So if this goes wrong, I just want you to know it's going to be okay. But in this moment, there is definitely like a possibility that you're going to get hurt here. I do just want to kind of say that as your gay auntie, like just hang on because when you're a young queer person and you start dealing with people who are less secure in their sexuality as you are, their feelings may change. They may not be ready, so on and so forth. I just want you to be, have that on the horizon as a possibility. And if it goes that way, I just want you to know that's okay too. And it will be okay. And you will meet people who are more secure in their sexuality. You will meet girls who are out and proud and ready to commit to other girls. Like, so I just, it's going to be okay no matter what. But as far as this girl I, you know what I think they should do? What? I think she needs to just ask her out on a date. I was going to say that. Just yeah. ask her on a date. See what she says. There's so much less pressure to a date than there is like going in for a kiss or something like that. Just take her on a date. See where it goes. And the thing is like the, the matching bracelets and the phone calls for hours. That's not like I'm curious about a sexual experience with you. That's I have feelings for you. Mm. Now, will she let herself follow through on them? Who knows for sure, but I think it's beyond, oh, we might experiment. I think she has a crush on you and she's trying to come to terms with it. Yeah. And I think, listen, don't do anything you're not ready for. And if you can really sense in your gut, she's not ready for it. Just keep it slow. Keep the talking, keep getting to know her and keep nurturing this connection. Keep the phone calls, maybe get her another bracelet. I don't know, you know, just keep nurturing it. But I think when you're ready, you should say, can I take you out to dinner? Can I take you yeah. on a date? And just romance her a little. Buy her flowers. Bring flowers to the date. Yeah. Everyone loves flowers. Bring her some flowers to the date and take it to that level of, come on. We obviously have feelings for each other. Come on. Come on. Why do I feel like I'm going to cry? These are so cute. <laughs> Isn't it? I just, I love little gay babies finding themselves. It makes me so happy. I have actual tears forming in my eyes right now. Just know that I'm so happy for you. This is so cute. And I yeah. hope it goes well. 
I think you should ask her on a date, bring flowers to the date, pull her seat out for her at the restaurant or make, oh, buy, you know, stop. buy her tickets at the cinema. You're killing me. <laughs> do you want me to come to England and do all this for you? Are you okay? Yes. <laughs> I'm not okay. I'm missing this in my life right now. But also, oh my God, you know, when I see little gays do things like that, it just makes my heart so happy because I wasn't really able to have that experience as a young queer person. So just imagining that is like, oh, imagining the feelings there, how exciting it would be. Yeah. So everything's going to be okay either way. If this girl decides this isn't the path she wants to go down, I want you to know that's okay. And you will find that girl, probably dozens of them that are ready for that and do want to go down that path and you'll have special connections with them too. But the talking on the phone for hours, the bracelets... The, the the looking at you with, I assume, adoring eyes. I think, yeah, she's got a crush on you. She's trying to sort out her feelings about it. Give it that little push when you're ready and let us know how it goes. Please let us know. Okay, on to the next question. This is the last question of season one. Yeah. Gabby, <laughs> I do have to say, if I do another advice podcast, will you come on it sometimes? Oh, of course I'll come on it. Honestly, maybe once the pressure's off of it being my podcast, <laughs> you'll I'll just be always drive be in. All right. <laughs> well, stay tuned, guys, because we're gonna we're gonna move things around. We'll still be doing the advice somewhat, but anyway, this is the last stay-at-home girlfriend's main pod advice question. And it's should I have picked a happier one? This is one of the problems with the podcast. I always put like these heavy questions last. I leave the podcast like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> This one is fucking brutal, but we have some good news at the end. So this will be okay. We have some listener feedback. I'm a 26 year old female and somehow in both the best and worst of times of my life, I grew up with a single mom and one sister, and we have always been a super close family. My mom has been my best friend and my best My mom has been my best and most trusted friend for as long as I can remember. I recently got engaged to the love of my life and we have been planning our life together, but this is when everything changed. I found out as we were trying to get approved for a mortgage to buy a home together that my mom had committed credit card fraud against me since I was 18. The loan officer asked me what my plan was to pay off $20,000 in credit card debt, and I was completely taken by surprise because I had no clue what she was talking about until I confronted my mom about it. She brushed off the entire situation and said that she has been making the minimum payments, but the interest is so high it basically cancels it out. I am completely lost and feel beyond betrayed. My only parent broke my trust and is trying to ruin my credit. But at the same time, she is my mom and I'm getting married soon. And I cannot imagine not having her be a part of my big day. I'm in such a tough situation and do not know whether to bite the bullet and start paying it off myself or or what I should do. Any advice would be much appreciated because I have never felt so lost. Oh my God. My heart sunk when you read that. I, I can't imagine going through that. I'm so sorry, first of all. That's yeah, first horrendous. of all, we're devastated. For, this is devastating. And we're just sending you our love. Nobody should have to go through this. Nobody should have to deal with a betrayal like this from a family member, no less. We're yeah. really sorry this has happened to you. I think you should get a lawyer. I think so too. I think you need professional help in how to deal with this. I don't think it's up to you to have to pay this money back. You didn't commit this fraud. Your mom did. And she needs to deal with the consequences because it sounds like she is not dealing with it right now. It sounds like she's told you, look, I've been making the minimum payments. 
that's fine, right? This situation isn't fine. This is a huge break of trust, like massive. And I do think you need to get professional help with it if possible. Can I just say for the, I guess for the sake of the conversation, perhaps your mom as a single mom with two kids was under some financial stress. Being a single mom is really hard. The world is a cruel place right now, particularly to people, you know, to people like single parents who are trying to do it all on their own. This may have been the result of some severe financial stress. If that's the case, I can see working on a way to like reconcile and say, you have broken my trust and devastated me. But but was she facing a situation where she needed the extra money or you all were going to end up without a home? You all were going to end up without food on the table. If that's the case, she didn't do the right thing. But, you know, I can see uh, an avenue where a parent might do this. It's not okay, but I, I can see a, a place of stress that somebody could be under financially. It's that, like out that, of desperation. Right. That would not be rooted in malice or being evil, but instead rooted in desperation, which, you know, it's if somebody it's sort of the age old philosophical question. Like if somebody breaks in a store to buy, to steal bread, to feed their family, have they really committed a crime? You know, okay, and so, lame is, Oh, is that what lame is about? He goes to jail for stealing bread. Oh, that's what, that, maybe that's where people talk about that. Was she, I would like to know, was she doing this out of desperation to keep food on the table or, or keep the heating on in the winter? Okay. That is, that is one situation. It's still not Okay. But was she doing this, what, to buy herself fancy things, to buy herself a nice new car? You know, why is she doing this? And if it's the latter, if it's just out of greed, this situation gets like a lot less forgivable, in my opinion. I don't even have an answer for this one other than try and seek professional help. I think sure. Cam is onto something right in wanting to find out why she did this but honestly she might not admit that outside of maybe family therapy if that's an option for you maybe you could do that and figure out why this has happened in the first place but god I don't know what to say like honestly Cam I'm just gonna have to go with your advice because I would be so upset like to a point where I don't think I would have her at my wedding but that's me and it sounds like you want her there and it's important to you so just to sort of build on what little advice we can give in a situation that's so fucking tough. I agree. If family therapy is an option, you guys need to be in it. If she wants this to be okay, if she is resistant to therapy or other means of making this right, other means yeah. of reconciliation, again, I think you need some space from her. I certainly wouldn't have her in my wedding if this happened to me. But you need a lawyer and I and, and to sit down with a banker and you need to start working on making this right from a legal and personal perspective. You need to get your money right, shall we say? You need to sit down with professionals who have dealt with this before and say, what is the best case scenario here? Can I press charges? Can I ensure that my mom is the one who has to pay this off and not me? Off the top of my head, I think this kind of credit card fraud is very hard to escape from like they may have to pay this back it's in their name if you can't prove it was the mom doing it and perhaps even if you can it still has to be paid off so you need professional help take the time take the money to pay for an hour with a lawyer sit down with your banker 
Make sure your mom is off all your bank accounts. No checking account with her. None of that. No shared credit cards. Get her off everything, right? So you need to, there's sort of some, there's some admin work that needs to be done here. And then there's like this emotional work of like, can you fix this with your mom or not? So the admin work, I confidently can prescribe to you. Talk to a lawyer, talk to a banker, sit down, get it right. Take your partner, get everybody, get on the same page and get a plan together. Whether it's you're paying this off yourself because life sucks and it's not fair and your mom has done something horrible to you, but that is the only way to get out of it. Or whether there is a legal avenue you can go down to make her have to pay it off and not you, explore that with some professionals. The other side of it is harder for us to prescribe advice on. I would say if she was doing this, not out of desperation to just keep the heat on and keep food on the table and keep you guys have a roof over your head. But instead, if she was doing this to like splurge or go on vacations or, you know, anything that wasn't an absolute necessity. Literally anything else. Right. I would say, I don't know that this person should be in your life after a betrayal like this. She stole from you. She committed a crime against you, you know, and, and you may be having trouble seeing that because she is your mom. To me, it just doesn't sound like her mom is taking accountability. And that's the most worrying part of this. Because you would hope if it if this came to light and she was doing it out of desperation, she would have that chat with you straight away. And she would be like, look, I am so sorry. I'm heartbroken that I had to do this, that I felt like this was the only way that I could make ends meet at the time. But the fact that she hasn't done that out mm-hmm. of nowhere is concerning to me. And that is why I think you need to get professional help involved. I mean, obviously she needs to pay it off. If she could pay it off, that could heal this, I think, and gain your trust back. But if she's not going to pay it off, if she's not interested in attending therapy with you, if she is not interested in explaining her side of this to you and begging for your forgiveness, this isn't someone I would have in my life. As as devastating as that would be, but you've, you've got your sister, you know, so there can be closeness there and maybe someday your mom can find a ma- way to make this right. And maybe she will. Let's hope it doesn't come to like, you need to cut her out of your life. But she has committed a crime against you. She has violated you financially. You know? That is one of the worst things that you can do to a person. I mean, there's so many horrible things you can do to a person, right? But this, this fucking economy and you're just starting out in life, it's just not fair. It's just not fair. So we're sending you our deepest condolences. Get all the professional help on both ends of the spectrum that you can from bankers to lawyers to a therapist if your mom will play ball with that. If not, I would really consider taking some serious space from her. Healing could come later. She has a lot of work to do to heal this with you, though. If she doesn't want to put that work in, this is just sort of a vampiric force I wouldn't want in my life. Yeah, I agree with that. And I do just want to let you know, as outsiders, this isn't okay. No matter what your mum says, if this wasn't out of desperation, if it was any other reason, no matter what your mum says, if she kind of guilt trips you or whatever, just know that this is not okay. This isn't an okay situation. And even if it was out of desperation, that's still not okay. There's nothing that makes this okay. If it was out of desperation and she's very contrite about it, then okay, there's like a path forwards to healing, I think, more. It's a little more understandable. It's not okay, but I can understand why someone might do that out of desperation. But it's not okay under any circumstance. And I I just, I hope you know that you are worth, as an individual, being treated with respect and kindness and not being, you know, violated in this way. 
you know, you're worth more than that. I know that. Yeah. We're so sorry that this has happened to you. Yeah. Let us know, you know, what happens in the future. Or if you want to come back with more details, maybe this is something I can tackle on future episodes. But we are just wishing the best for you. And I I hope there's a way through this. I hope your mom shows remorse, deep remorse. I, I hope you'll be okay. I hope you'll be okay from an emotional standpoint and from a financial standpoint. We're pulling for you. And again, just our deepest condolence for this. And a huge congrats on your recent engagement. That yeah. is so exciting. In the midst of this shit show, that's really exciting. And we're really happy for you. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, your partner is going to be part of your family now. And your found family can sometimes be more supportive and better to your, towards you than that family you were born with, your forced family, if you will, you know, the bio, the people you're biologically connected to, as opposed to your found family, the people you choose to have in your life. Hopefully that partner and, and their family can help fill some of this gap that your mom may have torn into your, your biological family. All right. We have some listener feedback um, from the last episode. This is from the girl who had a boyfriend with a drinking problem. She has come back to let us know. I've spoken to my boyfriend and he's joined a support group to help his drinking addiction. It's a first step, but I hope he will stick to it. And I am here to support him on this journey. Thank you so much. And long live the stay-at-home girlfriend's pod. <laughs> oh, it is living. It it's might change, living. but it's living. It is living. Um, uh, so glad our words, you know, were helpful in some way and very glad to hear that your boyfriend is getting the help that he needs, or at least trying to. One more comment I will say. I got this comment. Somebody actually sent it into the What I Will Say blog, but about stay-at-home girlfriend's podcast. I guess we get unorganized sometimes. But they said, make sure that if he wants to fully stop drinking, that he does so under medical supervision. Such a good point. Alcohol and then another class of drugs called benzodiazepines are the only two drugs that you can actually have medical issues like deadly ones i don't want to alarm anyone but if you're like drinking alcohol every single day for months and months and years and years and then you stop you can have seizures it's the same with benzodiazepines so if he is gonna do some kind of withdrawal or quick cold turkey or any of that please make sure he's spoken to a doctor um so that's a note there. One more bit of listener feedback. Hey girls, I'm the crazy Scottish gal who flew to America for a guy. Here's the update. So I did end up telling him how I felt that the vibe was off and I didn't know what I'd done wrong. He told me he wasn't ready to have someone in his space yet and reacted poorly. He also apologized for not telling me he was glad I flew out. So we're still flirty friends, chat now and then. Both said we still care about each other and I got a bit of closure and now I'm on to better things. And I did get my FaceTime with him and we FaceTimed and I got to see his cat. So yay. Sounds like a happy ending. Sounds like some good closure there. We're so happy for you. So a couple good moments of listener feedback to close this episode on. on. I love this feedback. Anyways, that is the end of today's episode and the end of season one of Stay at Home Girlfriends. Cam, how are you feeling? I feel great. I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for perhaps sort of a new podcast being born out of this and the advice podcast continuing on in a bit of maybe a different place or a different format, but don't worry, we'll keep it coming to you guys. And Gabby even said she'll guest once in a while. So that's good. So really you guys are just getting another podcast basically, <laughs> but this has been a great three months. Ah, so appreciative of the listeners, everybody who's left a good review, of course, the patrons, big thank you and ups to you guys. 
And everybody who listens, if you've told a friend about the podcast, you know, that helps us so much. Thank you. If you follow us on social medias and interact there, we love it. We love interacting with you guys. So it's all positive vibes over here. I'm just excited to head into the future. What about you, Gabby? Me too. I absolutely cannot wait. I love making podcasts with you and I'm so excited to morph this into something that maybe I resonate with more, but I don't want to leave it on a downer. I have enjoyed giving advice, you guys. We're just on to, you know, onto a bright future here. And if you send in a question, don't worry. There's a very good chance it will still get addressed just in a slightly different format. So yeah. Anything else that we have to say? Sub to the Patreon. We got hot seat questions with Gabby coming up sometime this week and probably a vlog. Yes. Yes. I got a secret vlog coming y'all's way and so much more. Yeah. With all that said, everybody, please remember you yourself as much as anybody in the entire universe is worthy of your own love and compassion. And in the wise words of Taylor Swift, never take advice from someone who's fallen apart. Bye. Bye, everybody.